Throughout the 1980s, a strange phenomenon was sweeping North America. They were in a panic. And like people in a panic, they want solutions. Allegations of underground satanic cults torturing and terrorizing children. The thing is, there were no satanic cults preying on children. And nearly 30 years later, the people touched by it all are still picking up the pieces. This isn't a work of fiction. This is a work of history. Satanic Panic, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Measles cases are exploding around the world. Europe used to have fewer than 1,000 cases a year. Last year, that region had 30,000 cases. And across the world, we are seeing a similar trend. Doctors in Canada are warning it's likely only a matter of time until we see an outbreak of measles here. Dr. Natasha Crowcroft is the Senior Technical Advisor on Measles and Rubella at the World Health Organization. She previously was Director at the Centre for Vaccine Preventable Diseases at the University of Toronto. She is in Geneva. Dr. Crowcroft, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for being here. What's going on here with this? Why is there this explosion uh, of measles cases? It's um, it's actually it was predicted by us um, that it, this was going to happen. Mm. So this is no surprise to those of us who are working in the field. And um, but there's actually no pleasure at all in being being right. For several years, we've been saying immunisation rates are going down. Um, we know there's been, been big gaps opened up during the COVID pandemic, um, where parents, well, sometimes health systems were just not operating. They were totally consumed by. By the COVID response, the public health system was consumed by the, the COVID response in many, many countries. Um, and so we could see this sort of coming on the horizon. And the only reason it really ha- didn't happen sooner was because all of the measures to prevent spread of COVID, the, you know, the lockdowns, the, the reduction in travel, that also had an effect on the spread of measles. So we, we, we're now coming into a, a period of time where it's very, very concerning because it's it's like a perfect storm where you know kids have missed out on their immunisation. Um, everyone's back travelling, and we've we've just got this accumulation of of kids that are not protected, and uh, and so this is this is what we thought would happen, mm. and, and now it is. Did you did you have I mean in in that prediction? Did you have Europe? kind of highlighted? Because as I said, there's been an explosion of cases there. And this is a global yeah. issue, but but what's going on in Europe in particular? So it's, I mean, it doesn't take very much for, for measles to come back. Um, Europe does have exceptional, um, exceptionally good data systems. So, you know, sometimes we see more cases there just because they're better at reporting, at finding cases and reporting them than in other countries. And so, you know, when, when we do our global estimates of cases, we have to do a lot of adjustments in in other parts of the world just to make up for the fact that they don't have the labs, they don't have the health systems, they don't have the reporting. Um, so there's an element of that. There's also um, an element of um, the immunisation coverage falling in in specific areas and countries where, um, for, for various reasons, but um, where it just, if you get clusters of, of children that are not vaccinated, then you get bigger outbreaks. Mm. Um, and it's part of the... You know, we sometimes call measles the inequity virus because it 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 shines a light on where kids have missed out on vaccination. And the more kids in a particular area, in a particular community that haven't been vaccinated, um, the bigger the outbreak. So that's part of the reason. Um, and there have been 
big outbreaks in in Europe in the past. Um, you sort of think, oh, everything's fine in Europe, but it, you know there are countries there where they've had real issues with getting um, immunizations to children, um, and they've had big outbreaks in the past that have, have actually been echoed in Canada. Mm. I mean, going back a bit of time in 2011, there were large outbreaks happening in France, um, and you know, Canada is one of the most diverse countries in the world. So, you know, if you have a big outbreak somewhere like France you're going to see what we did see in 2011, which is a big outbreak in Quebec. One of your colleagues, and you've hinted at this, said that there was a backsliding of immunization rates over the course of, of the pandemic. Part of this yeah. is about um, health infrastructure. There was a lot going on. Some health systems, as you said, were largely shut down or certainly preoccupied by matters of COVID. How much of this has to do with vaccine hesitancy as well? It's really interesting because I think most people seem to think it's about vaccine hesitancy, but I... Um, our impression is it's really not. That is definitely a concern in some communities. Um, and when you look online, it looks like it's everywhere. But really, in reality, um, if you have a good health system and if you have a good way of finding kids who've missed out on their vaccines, most parents will get their kids vaccinated and want to get their kids vaccinated. So it, it, it's a it's a definitely an influence. But the big issue really is getting our health systems up to scratch. And one of the... And there's a lot of talk right now about how do we prepare for the next pandemic. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things I think might be worth thinking about is, you know, if we can address the measles issues, we will be ready for the next pandemic because measles is spread through the air um, like COVID. And it, it requires really good laboratory systems. It requires really good health systems and really good information systems to try and protect, you know, make sure all children are protected. Uh, and if you have all of that in place for measles, then you're ready for the next pandemic. Um, so I think yeah, measles is a bit like an unfinished pandemic that we just haven't managed to bring to an end. As you mentioned, uh, spread through the air, explosively infectious. What are the coverage rates that you need to ensure that an outbreak doesn't happen? What we aim for is is at least 95% of children vaccinated. And where are, where are those numbers? Not, I mean, you're in Europe, but I mean, we're talking to you from here in Canada. Do we have a sense as to what the numbers are in the wake of, I'll use that phrase that your colleague used, the backsliding and immunization rates? Yeah, so I, from the global perspective, um, we went down from our peak um, of 86% globally down to 83% in our latest figures. Mm. Um, it varies very much region for region. But if you look in low-income countries, it's we've actually gone back much further. So we, we, we haven't made any recovery. We've gone down 7%. So low-income countries have really suffered in this, and that's where most kids who are most vulnerable, um, kids with malnutrition, for example, that's where they're most likely to die. So we've, we've really widened the inequity from a global perspective. Uh, so, um, you know, Canada, in terms of the official figures that have come to WHO, um, has managed to maintain or increase its immunisation coverage overall. But as I said, it's one of these viruses that it finds pockets of children who are not vaccinated. So if you, um, even if overall it looks good, if you've got areas where there are lots of children for whatever reason, because of the health system or the you know, public health response or information or whatever it is, measles will, will find those kids, particularly in a country that's as connected as Canada. If it finds you, I mean, there was an adult who had measles uh, who recently died in hospital in Ireland. Um, if it finds you, how often is it fatal? What, it, what, what can it do to you? Um, so what people are probably most aware of is a fever and the cough. Uh, you get a runny nose and, um, and irritated eyes. 
Um, but the com and the common side effects are things like ear infections and diarrhea, which don't sound terribly scary, except the ear infections can leave a child deaf at the end of it, which is clearly um, a life-altering uh, outcome. Um, the more severe um, complications are uh, hospitalisation happens in about one in five children, which is terrifying for a parent. And one about one in twenty will get pneumonia. Um, encephalitis occurs in about one in a thousand. And that can leave a child with brain damage um, and it can also also cause deafness. Mm. And then uh, you mentioned an adult dying. Any adult who's got any kind of immune problem is very vulnerable to measles. And if you're pregnant, you can end up having an early a preterm birth um, or a low birth weight baby, either of which are, are not good news. So there are uh, some individuals are particularly vulnerable and the most vulnerable in general, the biggest the biggest group of vulnerable is the is infants in the first year of life. So this is where we worry when cases are brought into a country, because I mean, a country like Canada, kids don't get their first vaccine until they're twelve months. So you've got a whole year of potentially being exposed, and that's that's when you're most likely to um, to have the most severe infections. And, and about one in a thousand children will die from measles in the first year of life. Is it inevitable that more cases, do you think, will be brought into Canada? There was a case reported in Montreal this week from someone who'd recently traveled abroad. To your point, we are a hyper-diverse nation um, with people who have ties to the whole world and we travel all over the world. So is it, is it just inevitable that, that there will be some degree of an outbreak here? I, I think there's there's going to be more cases brought in, and I really would urge your listeners, every time there's a big up increase in, in measles elsewhere in the world, you see it in Canada. There will be more cases brought in. And if you're traveling, you should make sure you're, you're vaccinated before you leave. If you're in Canada, you can't escape it because measles will be brought to you. So really urge everyone to get, get their kids vaccinated two doses, please. <laughs> Just before I let you go, um, you have worked in this field for a long time. And, and as you know, many countries had, had all but, including this country, had all but eradicated measles. How do you think about the, the, what's going on right now? That, that, that those achievements in some ways have, are being eroded. Yeah, it, it is very worrying. We're very concerned. At the same time, many countries are still making progress. Canada still still maintaining its elimination status. The, the importation of cases doesn't change that. So as long as um, Canada keeps uh, on course, it'll be fine in the in the longer run. Um, for, uh, over forty percent of the countries in the world have eliminated measles. More than half countries in the world have eliminated rubella, and those countries are really dedicated to to maintaining that that status. What we really want to do at global level is drive the um, progress in, uh, in in the other countries because. As we make progress in many countries, we also leave the most vulnerable countries behind. Mm. Um, and as from you know from the global perspective, my job is to try and reach kids everywhere with vaccines. So, one thing that Canada can do is really help us achieve those goals elsewhere. So, you know, the Canadian government has a strong voice in the global community and can speak up and help us reach children everywhere. Natasha, good to talk to you as always. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Dr. Natasha Crocroft is the Senior Technical Advisor on measles and rubella. She was in Geneva. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.